This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. We have got a wonderful show for you today, and we have the incredible High Priestess Priscilla Campos with us today. And let me tell you a little bit about her to get us started. Priscilla is an ancient soul with strong ties to Atlantis, Egypt, and Greece, where she has served as a High Priestess of Healing and Oracular Vision time and time again. She is a teacher of Atlantis and the director and creator of the Temples of Atlantis Mystery School. Her love of ancient civilizations, their wisdoms, and magics has opened the gateway to understand the bridge between them and the great star nations of our universe. Together, these frequencies marry within her through her signature Atlantean healings, galactic Akashic Records readings, as well as her various cosmic teachings. One of Priscilla's biggest missions and goals is to heal the trauma from the great fall of Atlantis and once again bring forth the immense love and golden light of this beloved era and civilization. Ra-ma-ti-ma-ra, an Atlantean saying that helps us remember, everything sacred is blessed and everything blessed is sacred. May we all walk the path we were born to fearlessly and without limitations. Oh my gosh, you guys just heard about our incredible special guest today. Priscilla, I'm so happy that you're here with us. Thank you for joining us. Blessings, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here today. Always appreciate it. Uh, I am so excited to have you here because, you know, I you've been on my radar for a number of years. You know, we we work with some of similar groups and we actually were at an event uh, and it was Susanna Salgado's uh, Nudist Goddess Retreat. And I was just, I could feel the energy off you. I'm like, I need to go to this woman. You called me in. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to experience a really beautiful, beautiful treatment with you. Um, and it was just, you know, I could just feel the energy of it. I could feel the earth energy. And I thought, I I need to have this woman on my show. I know she's got to be on my show. And so I am so excited that you're here. And and so what I'd love for you to do to start everybody off is to share a bit of your story because you really have this interesting dynamic that a lot of other people don't have, but you're also speaking about things that a lot of other people aren't speaking about. (laughs) Right. And so I feel like we, we, I want to understand what got you to this place of what I would consider bravery. Um, how did you get to this place of being able to speak this deeper truth and to really allow yourself to fully emerge authentically? So let's hear, let's hear about it. Thank you. I, I guess with your question, I will credit my mother because my mother is a very strong, outspoken woman. She is kind, but she is fierce. And, um, when she was raising my sister and I, um, and, and helping with her, her grandkids, she always wants to raise strong women. And I think part of being a strong woman is just being authentic and unafraid um, of how the truth lands for people. I, I really like to say that I like to deliver truths through the lens of love 
but at the same time, I'm not going to sugarcoat. And um, I'd say just in 2020, with everything that was happening, I was very aware from the very beginning um, to me, what were big falsehoods. And I could see it in March and I could see it really big. And I was speaking out then. And I think um, compared to a lot of people that I saw that kind of got poo-pooed on perhaps, um, I think people either tuned me out a long time ago in 2013, because that's when I started my spiritual awakening. And I'm the kind of person that when I have knowledge, when I've learned something, I need to share it. Whether it lands, whether people do anything with it, I have to share it. So this is when I was just on Facebook in that, you know, in that era of my of my awakening 2013 to 2020, I was always hammering stuff about fluoride and <laughs> governments and the banks and pharmaceuticals. And to me, they just went hand in hand. And I think people really did tune out. I think that oh, just Priscilla, she's crazy. And then when 2020 came, I was actually a little bit frustrated that other light workers in my in our area I didn't understand why they weren't speaking out like this is we can't allow this to happen. And um, I found it very frustrating. I found in some ways some freedom in 2020 because we kind of looked at our circles and decided who was really with us, perhaps. And then who who didn't have those same kind of integrity or morals from my perspective. And then I 2021 was very, very difficult because I really wanted to save people from getting the experimental injection. And I spent so many hours sharing and having conversations and trying to really what I realized, pushing my ideology on people. And towards the end of 21, I realized I can't. And I really started respecting everybody's path. Even if it looks different than mine, mine is not more right than someone else's. I'm just going to make choices. I hope that is going to keep me and my family healthier and safer. And so this this road of a spiritual awakening, really from 2013 to 2023, what I've learned a lot is a lot of compassion for self, for others. And I'm constantly checking in with my judgment because I would say prior to this whole experience, um, my ego is very judgmental and always has these little quips to say about people. And, you know, and now I'm just like, what's the point of that? Look through love. Everybody is on this path everybody is doing the best that they can and we're not meant to end up at the same place. So um, the journey to me is one of self-knowing, but really of self-love and self-forgiveness for all those things that we didn't know before. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just more relaxed. If people like, I do truth bomb Tuesdays or Thursdays, a lot of times on my Atlantean priestess account, if people like it, great. If they want to share it, great. If you think I'm crazy and you come in my inbox and you write all these crazy things to me, uh, not great. You're going to get blocked and deleted because I'm not in space where I'm going to hold for that, you know, and um, I just feel somehow very protected that no matter what I've spoken about or what I've realized, I feel like my guides have just keep have kept bringing me into the light. And in my spiritual awakening in 2013, that was one of the messages I got the most was that this is a lifetime you don't get punished. So, mm -hmm. you know, be brave, be courageous speak your truth, stand in the light, be your authentic self. And they kept reminding me throughout when I, when I was playing it small in the beginning, they kept reminding me and it stuck with me because as we discover our past lives, we see hundreds of lifetimes where we are punished for speaking the truth or for doing something different than what the current uh, regime is dictating. So um, I've always felt very safe and I'm so grateful uh, to the archangels in particular for 
mm. protecting me and, and loving me as I am. Oh, there's so much in your in what you just shared that I want to touch on. But I'll, I'll start with the emotion that I felt when you said, in this lifetime, you don't get punished. And even me just saying that I just have full body goosebumps. Because I think a lot of people hold themselves hostage or play small. Because right. there's so much of the anchored limited beliefs and the past life experiences, or even in this lifetime experiences, that are playing with that. And they're saying, Oh, no, no, if you speak your truth, that's it, you're dead. You know, it's like they, it's like an ingrained piece, it might not even be conscious for most people. In fact, for most people, it's not conscious, they right. just get stuck, you know, playing small or being in a job that they hate, or, you know, getting caught in this society kind of normalcy, right? So that in itself is powerful. And what's interesting, I want to elaborate to that, because spirit tells me, this is a lifetime none of us get punished. Right. If for we, where we live for in this yes, country. Yes. Yes. Not the same for everybody. Not probably. the same. Not the right. same for everybody, but for the people that are standing in their truth as light workers, it is their perception of punishment that is different. And so what I'm understanding from what they're telling me is that um it's our our evolution has come to a point where we actually don't see punishment as punishment, if you will, but rather we see that experience as this divine opportunity for making change for growth or whatever that might be. So that is just an interesting thing to bring to the surface. Um, but I wanted to speak with you a bit more about the compelling energy you talk about of like you felt compelled to share. You felt compelled. It was like it was like uh, maybe not even a conscious choice, but you had to share whatever you needed to share, right? Yeah. And I think that is such a strong indicator of when spirit is calling us, you know, that compelling feeling of like, I have no choice. I need to express this and I need to share this. But what I really loved about your story was that you started to recognize that you weren't necessarily there to change everybody's minds. You were there to speak your truth and to help the people who were struggling with that. But for the ones that weren't ready to hear it, <laughs> the, the naysayers or whatever you want to call them, um, it's okay because they're on their path and they're figuring their truth out. And you came to this beautiful place of deep compassion. And, um, you know, my clients have talked about this before where they say, oh, judgment day is coming, but it's not judgment day. It's compassion day. It is right. we, we fall away from judgment completely and we move into a deeper sense of compassion. So we're not getting angry and worked up that that person can't see the truth that we can see, but rather we're holding space for them to walk their path. We're lighting the path, even though they don't know it. <laughs> and that is our role, right? So I love, I love that you went through that experience. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to say, I think the whole purpose of it is to love greater, yeah. right? When we, when we see other humans struggling and buying into all the propaganda, we have two choices. We can pity them and judge them, or we can just understand that's just another expression of God coming through. And those people are still doing God's work and that's what they chose. And kind of thinking about, you know, maybe some of your clients or some of mine, if we're afraid to move forward because of what our other lifetimes have done, you're doing a disservice to yourself because 
everything is truly is in divine alignment. So, you know, I've seen myself be burned in, I've had a wonderful kind of witches school, maybe like a thousand years ago, where I had thousands of women underneath me and we were all trapped and burned. I've been pushed off cliffs. I've been stabbed. I've been raped. I've been all these terrible, terrible things. But if I sit in it, if I let my soul sit in that, then who am I now? And it just feels far more better to acknowledge it. We have to leave the earth somehow. Mm-hmm. Your soul is not harmed, right? That's somehow my lesson was everything was completed at that exact moment. And the way you leave, we have so much fear about it and I get it, but I truly believe that at your time of death, and if it is a horrendous death, I really feel like your soul starts to lift away and it'll be okay. And your body, your body without its soul is, is just a shell. And then it will eventually die and it'll be okay. And you come back in this new, beautiful little baby body full of, you know, love and innocence and insight. So we shouldn't get so attached. And really it's one of my practices. I'm, I really would consider myself a past life special to specialist, which is why I love Atlantean Lemurian starseed Egyptian energy so much, but we have to remember who we are. And that's like, that's the core of it. So in my core, is this queen and teacher of Atlantis. And so it doesn't matter which lifetime I go through. I always teach about Atlantis. Sometimes it serves me really good. And sometimes I'm like, I'm praised for it. I'm I'm made the queen. And sometimes I'm shoved off a cliff backward. (laughs) Right? Yes. But I'm standing here now. Yeah, you are. You are. I I think it's so beautiful when we can allow um, the leveraging of those past experiences right? We can pull the ripened fruit from those experiences and say, Oh, what did I get from that? What did I learn from that? What makes me more fulfilled today because of that? And I also love how you're perceiving this, this idea of death, because we think that death is like the worst thing ever, right? But even in my own near death experiences, they were both incredibly glorious, And even though the moments before might've been traumatic, they're only traumatic if I give that label to it in a way. And I'm not saying that people who've experienced trauma are just creating a label. That's not what I'm saying, but I am inviting people to think about how they think about trauma and how they let it define them or squash them versus allowing it to empower them and to again, leverage that experience. So uh, there was somebody talking the other day, it was a, another fellow mom, and she was talking about um, her her son and her son had had an experience uh, basically around, um, you know, a situation that, you know, the kid actually didn't perceive it as trauma. But then the mom decided it was a trauma experience. And then the mom made it into this big thing. And then she showed it with the other moms. And now all the people are all in arms about this trauma. And the kid's like, I don't even get it. It wasn't that bad. Right. So it's like, how do we as a society kind of amplify that, that right. And make it something that maybe it's not even right. And so, yeah, I just felt compelled to kind of share that piece because I think for the work that you do, because you are a past life expert and because you've seen so much trauma in your own life, you haven't let that be uh, the, the thing that holds you back. And so can you share with the audience, you know, if they're having an experience where they're stuck with trauma or they've had a past life or they've had something in this lifetime, 
where they're still holding on to that and they're letting it keep them playing small. What what can they do about that? What are some of the steps that you would take your clients through or some advice? Thank you. Um, I feel like number one, everyone should realize that your soul has laid out this grand plan and anything that is happening for you is what you've planned. And that does include trauma and it includes sometimes really terrible things. So instead of blaming, be like, well, why would I pick that? That's all people say to me, well, why would I pick that? I'm not talking to you as a human, you as a human, you're suffering. I get it. But you as your soul is thriving. Your soul want to know what happens if I come into a broken home? What happens if I, if I invite in an alcoholic father? I want to see what it's like to be raised like that because we want all scenarios in this beautiful billion lifespan that we have or, tr- you know, trillion lifespan. And so instead of blaming or even looking at others, I always say, pull yourself up from the picture. What is the lesson? And what is the blessing? Everything we encounter at the time is difficult. And I'll go back to 2020. A lot of people are like, that's the most the craziest year of my life. It's so yeah. horrible. Yeah. 2020 yeah. for me, even when I was going through it, was a reset. I was like, what am I doing with my time? How am I spending it? Am I present with my children? Yeah. And it allowed me to make massive changes in my life that I'm still following through with. But if we get stuck in the trauma, if we stay in that fear, if we stay in that conditioning, then who are you serving? You're not serving your soul. And this is when, to me, we know when our soul is unhappy is when your body starts showing it. When we have the cancers, the depression, the labels that Western society likes to give us, that is an unhappy soul because somehow you have disconnected from that pure light, from the inner child that said, I want to be an artist. I want to be a painter. I want to be a dancer. I want to, I want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And instead you, you went down the rabbit hole, the false rabbit hole of get a mortgage, get a student loan, go to university, do this, do this. And you're at some office job or, or a different job that you don't like, and you're barely living. Yeah. And that is, that is a death that's happening to you every single day versus having the opportunity to switch into something you're so passionate about that when you wake up, probably like you, probably like me, when I wake up, man, what am I going to experience today? Who am I going to see? Who can I affect? Who can I help empower? And that's that's the beauty to me of a spiritual path because it's not just about you. It's To me, it's like how much light can I shine mm-hmm. to show how how beautiful everybody is? And, and that includes the people that judge you. And, you know, I've someone tried to cancel me two years ago, based (laughs) on a post that I liked, not even a post that I shared or comment on a post that I liked, and they went off and contacted a whole bunch of people and said, don't work with her. She's this and she's that and some people panicked. And I said, man, I'm just gonna let God deal with that. I'm cool. I know who I am. Mm -hmm. People that really know me know exactly who I am. So you know, if she affects five, 10, 20 people that don't know me, yeah. it's okay. Cause they're not my people. That's right. Yeah. You know, you're not alone in that. I had that happen with me as well. Um, with a woman and it was very sad because I, you know, I oftentimes become close with my clients cause I just love them so much. You know that, right? Like it's so hard to have boundaries around that, but you know, she had become a friend and I welcomed her into my home and some things happened. And and then she went on, um, went on attack on social media and tagged me and tagged my businesses and, you know, was really after me. And 
I had to do the same. I had to surrender and say, okay, you know, this is happening because this person isn't in a vibrational frequency that I am in and it's okay. And, you know, we move on from there, but we're very vulnerable to that. So that brings me into this idea of bravery. And I kind of touched base on this idea of bravery um, because I see you as a very brave spirit. And, you know, as you continue to express who you are, I just, I see that, you know, and that light does shine on me. And it brings me to a story with my son and it was over COVID as well. And I want to talk to this story because it was a powerful story for me. And I might've shared it on the podcast um, in previous uh, uh, sessions, but I'm not sure. So I want to share it now. Um, so my my son and I, we were, um, he had a dentist appointment. So I promised I'd take him for brunch after. And this COVID had just started. We were about three months in. Um, I did have a medical exemption. I was one of the few that was able to get one. And uh, and so we went to a Cora's restaurant, which is, you know, we have a few of them here in, in Alberta. And so we went to this Cora's restaurant and we were rejected. Like we were told, no, you can't come in. And I said, well, I have an exemption letter. Like, you know, you guys are practicing whatever. And the woman was just adamant. No, by this time there was a lineup behind us and I didn't want to make a scene. So I just took my son's hand and I said, it's okay, honey, we'll go somewhere else. But I could see the disappointment in his face. So by the time we got to the car, I said, you know what? Something's not right here. So I called a different Cora's and I said, is it your policy? Blah, blah, blah. And they said, no, you're welcome to come. So I said to my son, I said, you know what, buddy? I said, let's go back inside because that lady was wrong. And he said, mom, I don't want to go. It's so embarrassing. Like, you know, he's like nine, right? So he's embarrassed and doesn't want to go back in. And I say, you know what? I said, this is a good opportunity to be brave. What's the worst thing that can happen? They turn us away again. So be it, right? And he said, okay, mom, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be brave with you. And so we went hand in hand in there. And as soon as we walked in, a manager comes out. She goes, oh my God, I'm so happy that you're back. The girl made a mistake. We're very sorry. Let, let, Let us get you seated. So they get us seated. The manager comes to have a conversation. They comp our meal. They give my son a balloon and all these extra things. (laughs) So needless to say, when we left there, my son says to me, he said, mom, that was the best brunch I ever had. And I'm so glad we were brave. Yes. And that's the thing. Who is who's watching, right? For that whole thing that's going on, that it's really going on still in different ways. Yeah. Who is watching? And when we have children, we have a responsibility to be true to ourselves. And so my family was maskless the whole time. My kids, I think, learned so much about themselves, that experience, because they would get to a point where they were more fearless than me because um, we do a homeschool co-op. My partner who runs that is completely fearless, whereas I would have a little bit of anxiety in certain places. And the kind of person I am, if you kicked me out, of your store, restaurant, rejected me, especially when people would be very derogatory towards me, you will never get my business back again. That's the way I run. It's not because I can't forgive. I can. Yeah. But there's this, there's this line in me that yes. I feel like integrity. And, you know, I had a birthday celebration. Um, I was told we don't want your kind here. You're disgusting. You're dirty. Get out of this restaurant. Hmm. Cool, man. Are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want to tell me right now? Because I'm um, I'm a vegetarian, an alter between vegetarian and vegan. There's not a lot of vegan restaurants in Edmonton. I think they all need support. Are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. You're disgusting. Okay. Done. 
you'll never ever see me in here again. And that goes for some metaphysical stores in Edmonton as well, based on the way they treated me and my friends. To me, if you're in spirit world, you either believe in the power of light. And if you're selling crystals, you best believe in crystals, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're that scared of something being contaminated and you have the biggest crystals in all of Edmonton in your store <laughs> and I can't come in, you're not even you're not even in line with what you're selling. So I'm out. Yeah. Right. And yep. I'm that stubborn that no, none of them have got my business back and they won't. And I will, I will find very alternative ways. I'll, and I'll just let everyone know. I don't have an Amazon account. I never have. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, Oh, my book's on Amazon, just get it. Sorry. I'll yeah. buy it directly from you, but I, I don't support companies that do harm to our planet that I'm aware of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, I yeah. that list keeps expanding. But um, this was part of my awakening. I started boycotting Walmart back in like 2013 and people said I was crazy. And you see, know? this is what I love about you so much, Priscilla, because you, it's like, here's my boundary and I'm going to honor it with every breath that I have. Mm -hmm. And that, that's so empowering, I think, because even though you and I might work differently and I, I went back into the store to prove my point or to whatever I was trying to do in that moment to show my son that we could be brave. Um, and it turned out to be a really great experience. But at the same time, I think part of the challenge for many of us is that we don't know where those lines are for us. Right. And we're afraid to set the line because heaven forbid someone doesn't like us. Heaven forbid someone perceives us. And, you know, th for this is for like the people pleasers. And so, you know, how, what are some of the things that you might suggest around like, our ability to be our authentic self, but to still have those boundaries in place. And in fact, I think we need the boundaries in place for us to be our authentic self. Yes. So, awesome. you know, what, what do you have to say about that? Because you do it so eloquently and you just know where your line is. What if you're not sure where your line is? What if you're just figuring out that, that boundary thing? I think there's a, someone taught me a long time ago. There's just a great question to ask yourself. Is it a hell yes or a hell no? Yeah. Am I going to allow myself and my children to be treated like this? Hell no. Hell yes. no. Yes. So what am I going to do about it? And how can I be in my power, but also still be in love? Because I'm, I'm very fiery. There's, mm. as a queen, sometimes a queen that comes out, mm, ate the queen of niceness. <laughs> but, but I will always stay as grounded as I can in it. So when you're, when you're in these situations with yourself, is it really making you happy? Like I used to own a dance studio um, for eight years after helping to run another dance studio for 11 years. So almost, wow. almost 20 years like that. And in that case, at my time in that youth, I was such a people pleaser. And in the very end, when it came down to it, nobody had my back. Mm. Nope. I had bent over backwards for decades for people in this area. I had taken their kids across the world. I had, I had sacrificed time with my own children so that I could take so-and-so to New York or to Barcelona or to Paris. And in the end, for a lot of people, it didn't matter. And so when we're spending so much time worrying about what does this person think of me? What do you think about yourself? Yeah. If you love yourself enough, right? Which is a lot. You have to love yourself a lot. You're going to find the truths within it. And then I think 
the fear is more than the reality. And I think that's where they really got people with COVID in terms of Mm. you didn't want to be that person that stood out. And it did take a lot of bravery for all of us to go against the, what the policies are, but really, do you really want to mask? The thing that broke my heart during that whole thing was two, three and four year olds wearing masks and then seniors wearing masks that already have difficulty breathing. It, it pained me every single time. And I thought, come on, we have to advocate for our children. There's no way, again, I'm going to allow my child to be treated like that. And if someone said anything to me about my children in front of them, man, that's all mama bear, yeah. right? Screw yeah. the light worker part. Guess what's coming out? <laughs> it's going to be full maternal instinct coming out. Yeah. So, you know, being your authentic self is probably the most free thing you can do. And when you find it, everyone, everyone's looks different, but when I was still teaching dance, I was wearing different types of pendants and necklaces on my head because I always felt like something was missing. And I, people would either admire it or laugh at it or be, or maybe judge it. Who does she think she is? And when I started getting really my power pieces, that's what I was missing. This piece where if it, you know, if anyone gets to see it at all, this piece is everything to me. It is Atlantis. It is everything I have ever recorded, understood, lived through in Atlantis, plus all those that surrounded me. So it is a key to to knowingness. And it's also a calling card when people see me with this piece. Atlanteans will always be like, what is that? Yes. Start the conversation. If they're Lemurian and they had a very terrible experience in Atlantis, they'll be like, what is that? I don't like that. I'm like, okay, we got healing to do, but authenticity is, is freedom. And the only thing keeping you back is fear. Um, In terms of the boundaries, man, know yourself, know yourself. Is this how you want to be treated? If the answer is no, then stand up. It, what, what you said, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, They're going to kick you out. They're going to call you a degenerate. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Then I'll go somewhere where I'm wanted. That's right. Uh, okay. So let's backtrack a little bit. So for the listeners, um, Priscilla has this beautiful gemstone that she, it's part of a headpiece and it sits in the middle of her head. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so that's what she was referring to with Lemuria with Atlantean, which we're going to talk about briefly in a moment, because I know there's going to be people listening that are like, what are they talking about with that? We never <laughs> got into that yet. But yeah. I want to just backtrack because you said some really powerful things. You said the fear is more than the reality. And mm-hmm. I think that we need to be reminded of that because our ego minds creates all sorts of uh-huh. stories and fear and even the out, outer narrative creates all sorts of fear. Um, and so it's reminding us that, yeah, the fear is far more than the actual reality is. Um, but you asked a question too, um, right after you said, is it a hell yes or a hell no? Um, how can I be in my power and still be in love? And I think you meant in that love frequency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I agree. I think there's a way to do that. And for me, that day at Cora's with my son to be in that frequency of love, but stand in my power was going back and saying, you guys were wrong to reject us, right? Mm-hmm. And standing up in that way. So I really love that question for ourselves as people are trying to uncover like, well, what is my truth and how am I supposed to show up? And I believe that grace is a really powerful tool in being able to show up with our boundaries, but still do it in a loving way. 
Um, so I love all of that. So, okay. So we've given, you know, there's a few really amazing things that you shared there that I hope will get people thinking and allowing them to step into deeper aspects of their truth. Uh, but let's talk about your work with the Atlanteans, the Lemurians. Can you give the audience a little bit of context? Cause I suspect that they'll be very intrigued. I know I am so intrigued by this. I know I have had an Atlantean experience in my history, uh, uh, but I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit on that as we kind of come to the near end of our session. Um, in my opinion, everybody on the planet right now was a part of Atlantis. So the Atlantean era is something that every realm goes through when we're about to raise our consciousness. So that means that right now we're coming into a new Atlantean era because we're once again reaching for something further than where we're at. Mm. Now, the downfall of Atlantis, um, I'm from Golden Atlantis, and that means that I had one of those lifetimes, and it was a very, very, very long lifetime, okay? Let's understand that the Atlanteans themselves are the gods um, that are in all the mythologies across the world. They are the, the Garden of Eden as written about in Genesis. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the flood and the lost land and the people that basically went awry and God decided to punish them type of thing. So the Atlantean era and the frequency of golden Atlantis is the highest realm of, of consciousness we've ever achieved on the planet. And so we have a place that's very matriarchal, meaning that nobody is left behind. Everybody is loved. Everybody is nurtured. Everybody is heard. Where you apprentice at something for 300, 400, 1,000 years, it's not about going to a university and being stuck in a box and having propaganda. It's like your Akashic records are read as a child, as a baby. That everyone that reads it knows who that soul is. Okay, how can we best support him? Oh, this one's supposed to be a teacher. Oh, this is going to help birth other babies. Oh, this one's going to be a carpenter. And so you're brought in with these skills, with the people to help you. And so you become a master of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, the Atlanteans, both their high point and their low point is they always want more. They want more knowledge. They want more love. They want more universal secrets. And so eventually they get sold a lie, mm. just like we have been sold a lie on this planet. And I'll be honest, it's the exact same people. Yeah. The people we're dealing with that are the controllers of this planet right now are the same ones that came to Atlantis 60,000, 50,000 years ago and started to take away our golden era and sell it. Don't you want more prosperity? Don't you want more power? Don't you want more riches? And some of the Atlanteans are like, yes, yes, I do. And that slowly got infiltrated. And so when we think of Atlantis, when people are like, it's not real, it's just a myth. Number one, understand that everything on this planet that is said to be myth comes from a truth. And most things that are in history are built on a lie. We have to really understand that nothing is nothing is true in our universe or in this world. Everything is, is a false matrix made to keep us in control and fear which is where we have that big, big fear umbrella again. But Atlantis itself is Egypt, is Great Britain, Spain, Portugal, Tibet, Turkey, Greece, the Mayas, the Aztecs, the Incas, North America. This, Atlantis is not just the small island continent it was. It's, it's the mm -hmm. whole world. And at that time, there was peace and there was unity and there was this really great respect for Gaia and for crystals, and together we made a place that was so special that other realms would come to visit us. And this is how we kept getting higher and higher technology and awareness. Mm -hmm. And as a teacher of Atlantis, 
Uh, I didn't know as a teacher of Atlantis until I started waking into it in 2017. If you would ask me prior to that, what do you know about Atlantis? I'd be like, who cares? It's just a lost city. Let's not talk about it. But this is what I love about the spiritual path. Never get glued to where you're at because you can be proven wrong within two to three years. You know, yeah. always be open. Yeah. But then use your own discernment and teaching Atlantis. Like you can't see, but my whole office is Atlantean in one way or another. So if you've been drawn to pyramids, ancient civilizations, if you are fascinated by Egypt, if you have to go to the Mayas, if you need to go to Stonehenge, you're an Atlantean and you're either carrying golden Atlantis, which is what I am, or you're carrying the weight of like fallen Atlantis. And that is trauma and that is betrayal and that is hurt and that is fear. And that is what I'm here to heal. And that's why just wearing Atlan will tell me exactly where people are at. Oh, you love it? Great. You're in a, you're in a great state of healing. Oh, you're you're fearful of it. Oh, it's it's making you feel very uncomfortable. We have a lot of healing to do. Wow. Wow. I just love that you shared that um so that we give that some context. So Lemuria is that the same as Atlantean? Is that the same energy, similar energy or is there a difference there? I would say they're like sisters. Lemuria uh, is the older sister. Lemuria is probably the wiser sister. Lemurians themselves are an offshoot from the Pleiadians. They're very, very heart-centered. They're very, very connected to Earth. The Lemurians on the planet now are ones that are super emotional and so loving and so compassionate. They just don't know what to do with themselves. And they cry when they see a picture of a dolphin. Do you know what I mean? Like those are the Lemurians and they're such wonderful beings. And in some ways they also got betrayed by the negative Atlanteans, not by Atlantis itself. But Lemuria is a little bit different because it escaped a lot of the trauma because when the Lemurians knew that their land was going to go under and it wasn't because of punishment, it was just the natural evolution of earth cycles. Yeah. When they knew that a lot of them got off and there wasn't a lot of death like in Atlantis. Mm. So Lemurians too are definitely on the planet. They're the ones that are going to advocate for earth and they're going to be at, you know, stopping the trees from being cut down and don't eat tuna and they're going to do these wonderful things, but a lot of them are going to be stuck in inaction because they tend not to be grounded because they're, there's just so much they're downloading and their hearts are so, so open and so beautiful that they actually get taken advantage of a lot. And so the Lemurians can learn from the Atlanteans. The Atlanteans can learn from the Lemurians. And I believe that both are rising. Atlantis can't rise without Lemuria because they, they kind of keep each other in check. One is like, nature and heart and the other one is like crown chakra and crystals and technology and we need all of that yeah to go forward into this new earth that we're creating amazing oh thank you so much for sharing that you opened my eyes to some new aspects that i hadn't heard before as well so thank you thank you I think we could like spend a whole nother hour talking about this stuff but you know I feel like the the ultimate essence of this conversation was really about coming to deeper aspects of love. You know, you you said something earlier, you said love greater. Our job is to love greater. It's to shine our light as brightly as possible. And you're doing that through your highest truth. I'm doing that through my highest truth. And the invitation is for others to get really honest with themselves and to allow themselves to love themselves so deeply that they want to honor their soul so much that they're willing to walk the divine path for themselves. 
So I think this, yeah, this is all so good. It's so good. Any final words of wisdom um, before we, before we kind of wrap things up, anything else you're feeling drawn or compelled to share before we go? I think most people just don't understand how magnificent they are because Mm. of the programming, um, because of the hurt, because of the trauma and you're really here for a purpose. It doesn't have to be a big grand purpose, but when I feel that I'm tipping away from a higher vibration into fear, the fear is, is, is the programming. And once you really start working with it and you understand it literally just a program, it's a hard program. It takes a lot to, to overcome it, but you can overcome it. And of course it's rooted in faith in God, in the universe, and knowing there is a grand plan. Don't be so scared, Mm. right? You have to trust. I just, I do my best now to focus on my path. When, when things in the world start getting crazy and they start really shooting things on the news again, and everyone's in a frenzy about it, come back to you, focus on being the best version of you that you can be a good mom or father, be a good daughter or son, like be a good citizen of earth. Mm -hmm. That's how you make the change because your frequency Mm -hmm. will affect others. Instead of what I was trying to do in 2021 and in 2020, push, push, do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. And it didn't get me anywhere except for mental exhaustion. Exactly. Focusing on yourself, knowing who you are. Maybe for some people, Atlantis is extremely relevant in this time. But for me, it's what my life work is about. And so I'm going to keep teaching it and more and more people are going to awaken to it and more and more people are going to need that healing and that release from the shame so they can remember who they were in Atlantis. I promise you, you are incredible. You were amazing. I love this so much. What a wonderful way to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Priscilla, for your wisdom and your grace and sharing the magnificence of us, you know, and reminding us that we have our internal knowing we know, we know, and that discernment piece can be tricky, but we can keep peeling back those layers and we can find people like you, Priscilla, like me, who can help hold the space or hold the hand of those people that are walking that path too. So that being said, if someone's like, oh my God, I need to talk to the Atlantean priestess like, let me get my hands on her. Um, how can they reach you? Is there something that you want to share with with the audience today? Um, it is my joy. It is my joy to, as I've said, help people realize their light. So sometimes that happens in a one-on-one. I love Akashic Records readings. I love Golden Atlantean healings. Those can be done in person and distantly. Sometimes in a group format. And group formats are wonderful. Um, the Temples of Atlantis, which is my company and my rebirth. I don't own it. The temples of Atlantis are Atlantean. I am just that person that's rebirthing it right now. Um, We have some really incredible courses that probably are different than anyone else. We have the cosmic conscious Reiki, which is teaching Reiki from the perspective of the Palladians and the Syrians and the Arcturians rooted in Master Yusui's uh, teachings. I have this journey to Kamet's called, which takes you from Atlantis to Egypt to understand that second home of Atlantis, to understand again who you were, what happened with Atlantis fell, and how can we shift you into your highest timeline. Um, when this podcast comes out, I will have launched the journey to Aslan, or maybe it might be the return to Aslan. It is a 16-day retreat in the Mayas and the Yucatan. It's traveling through Mexico, Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. Yeah. And we will be having, um, we'll be doing a lot of the sacred sites 
tons of meditation. We're going to be going to Lake Atilan. Lake Atilan is at the Atlantean base. I swear to God, these mountains are not mountains. They are pyramids. They've just been covered. Um, <laughs> it's going to be incredible. I have uh, a tour company called Atlantean Legacy Tours that is going to be going around the world Um activating different Atlantean points on the planet. And actually in the fall, um, we'll be going to Egypt. That's the, that's the first wow. stop. Wow. Egypt, wow. Maya's Greece coming up next year as well. So, but by July, you will have access to the Mexican uh, retreat. And I think if your soul is drawn, if you're someone that knows, that knows you are ancient, that knows that there's this, a part of you missing this piece that just brings it together I have to say it's one of my strengths. One of my strengths is awakening you to your divine power mm-hmm. and in a way that, that feels safe, but actually revolutionizes your life. Yes. Oh, brilliant. So where do they go to find this information? Where can we access it? We'll put it in the show notes as well. Thank but- you. Um, templesofatlantis.ca is my website. I'm very active on Instagram, um, either at Temples of Atlantis or the Atlantean Priestess. If you like truth bombs, if you like a little bit more about what my real life is like, you're going to see some really nice pictures, but sometimes you're going to see me in not a great space. And that's authentic. My guys always tell me it. Sometimes when I'm at my worst times, Priscilla, get on, get on Instagram. No. <laughs> no, no, I don't even have any makeup on. No, do it. Oh my gosh. Those, those are the posts that resonate the most because you don't know who needs to hear it. So exactly. find me on Instagram. I really love a conversation. I love, I love teaching. It's an honor for anyone that's drawn to my work. It really is an honor for you to have found me. And I swear to God, we know each other. That's why you're it's my um, voice my jewels if it's my eyes I just had like a seven-year-old woman at a dance competition come up to me and be like I know you I can tell from your eyes and I said <laughs> she, she looked at my jam and she's like are you an Atlantean I said are you an Atlantean she's like yes, I'm like, yes that's the power that's the power of trusting yourself that is the power it is so magical you know when spirit calls spirit calls right and so listen to that calling everybody Priscilla, this has been so wonderful. I've had so much fun with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. So folks, that is a wrap for today. We'll make sure you have all the information in the show notes so that you can reach out to Priscilla as you hear her voice and recognize your Atlantean self within her. So that's it for now. And stay tuned. We've got some more great episodes coming out soon. Bye for now, everyone. So happy you could join us today, and we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca, and when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.